0: Good morning and welcome to your weekly Capitalised podcast. With another week of complete and utter chaos in British politics, I'm hugely relieved to say we're not talking about any of that today. Instead, Kirsty and I are joined by a special guest and to many of you listening, a very, very familiar face. As always, though, let me first start by saying hello to Kirsty. Hello, Kirsty.
1: Hello, Alex. How are we? I'm all right, actually. I was just saying, we always talk about the bloody weather on the start of this podcast, don't we? But I am sat in the mm. sunshine and it's weird, but it's really welcome.
0: Well, it's weird in the UK for that to happen in summer. So the fact that we're going into <laughs> uh, autumn now, double whammy. Um, um, but on to t- today's uh, proceedings and onto to our aforementioned special guest. This morning, we're joined by none other than Nick Richardson, Head of Funding, Capitalize Day Oneer, and Certified Capitalize
2: OG. Nick, good morning. <laughs> How are we? Very <laughs> I, li- I, I, I like that title. <laughs> I like that title. <laughs> OG. I was going go to with- OG. I was gonna go with capitalized royalty, but I thought you yourself would have chosen OG. So I thought I'd give you that. <laughs> I'd give you that early. How are you this week? Nice no, one. I'm very good. Thank you, guys. Very, very good. Thank you very much for uh inviting me on this week. Bit inviting you, do you
1: mean do you mean like strong arming you and making you do this? Because I <laughs> think it's gonna be really good and I'm really really excited about it. Good stuff. <laughs> well,
0: so am I. well, um, now that we've introduced the Motley crew for the morning. I guess the question on everybody's lips is what exactly are we talking about? So before I hand over to Kirsty, I joked about political uncertainty at the beginning, um, but that isn't the only worry at the moment. And there is a black cloud hanging over all of us when it comes to the lending space and what's happening and what your clients and customers can expect. So Nick's joined us today to look at what's happening in the lending space across the UK. And I'll be able to add a bit, as will Nick, because he's heavily involved in South Africa as well. Capitalise works with a variety of lenders on our panel, and really importantly, what you can expect from us in helping you and your clients on this journey in the coming months. And for those of you who haven't been on it with us just yet. Kirsty, as head of the CFN, the Corporate Finance Network, I know this is a very important topic to you. So I'm going to hand over the reins to you and you can take us away.
1: Thank you, Alex. And I think we are um doing something which is long overdue in my view we we try not to really push products on these podcasts you know they're very much about uh, us talking about the market and, and other people for you to to know about and you do obviously hear from Nick with his funding updates and different things anyway but I really wanted to focus in on this it's the reason I with Capitalise in the first place and that's been probably getting up for about four years now uh, with my member firms and uh, something I'm super proud of is the way that Capitalise handle themselves and did do during the pandemic and since the pandemic and uh, that is exactly what we're going to talk about today so why what is it really that differentiates Capitalise as a funding platform um, I think is something we should educate people about really and just explain what goes on behind the scenes um, that you don't necessarily see as um, capitalized partners and uh, your clients won't see. But I get to see a little bit of that and it's really impressive. So Nick, thank you for joining us. As I said, I like, told him he was coming on. He had no choice. But <laughs> because but so, he, he knows so much and um, you know he's going to be really insightful today. Let's start off with something that's very current at the moment and then we'll get into some interesting products that are around in the market you're finding and then we will talk about really the capitalised processes I suppose and the the things that go on um, behind the scenes to make sure that we are offering the best um, products that we possibly can. So let's just start with, um, if you wouldn't mind, just tell us where are we at with the recovery loan scheme, Um, what's the market saying, What's, what's happening, what's the British Bank saying?
2: Yeah, sure. So it's so a great question. So let's let's perhaps take it back all the way to July, June, July, where like this new scheme got announced um, and it was meant to be a follow on from the, the original RLS that ended, ended in June. Um, I sat on a webinar uh, with the British Business Bank and their words, not mine, was this product is not here to to mass compete with commercial offerings in the market. It's actually here to fill in the gaps. Um, So really help those borderline businesses that really really are struggling, good businesses that really are struggling to get funding. um, It's basically to help with those borderline cases. And I think another term that I quite frequently use and the team use is, you know, the scheme picks you and you don't pick the scheme. And what what I mean by that is that the lenders essentially assess whether they think you qualify for that scheme. Um, There'll be other products available for sure. but they're they're basically making that that assessment, and to be honest, like from from what we've seen so far, from a from a business's perspective, the offering of let's let's just say a loan, for example, the offering of an RLS loan to a regular commercial loan is the is the same or very very similar. But the the bit it's the bit that they don't see is what's different so you know the government coming in backing it and, and that sort of stuff but actually which is for the lender
1: isn't it that's really exactly, for the lenders, exactly not for the business yeah
2: exactly exactly that so it's, it's, it's to encourage those lenders basically to lend to those sort of uh, good businesses but just on on the edge of um of being declined basically
1: yeah and there's going to be um still more lenders coming to market it's as it was with the siebels process and and um it is slow for accreditation to roll out, and they've definitely focused on the high street and um some quite niche lenders first of all, haven't they? But the the other mainstream lenders will be coming on stream. But as you said, it's it, it's not really for the business to decide if they want an RLS or not because they're still going to need to give a pg nowadays. So it it's very uh, it's very much like the normal commercial terms, isn't it?
2: Yeah, no, 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 you're you're 100 right, and I think just unlike the accreditation piece is. Yeah, there's uh, i speak to lenders every week like hey you know any updates and blah blah, blah. and they, they're all they're all just um waiting to get the green light um from from the british business bank so so yeah there is still lenders looking to um looking to be accredited and i think um, this time around uh, the BBB are just slowly slowly feed, feeding them out or accrediting them
1: so, um, I was saying to Nick, and um, he's far too young to remember this, as is Alex. So, the, the uh, old list, older listeners, let's say, but more experienced listeners, let's say, uh, will uh, remember something pre the EFG scheme, the Enterprise Finance Guarantee Scheme, which pre Siebel's. Pre that, there was something called the Small Firm Loan Guarantee Scheme. And that was the first of, of all of these government backed secure products that uh, was offered unsecured lending, but, but backed by the government. Uh, for security for the lenders and it was very much seen as um, a loan of last resort for the lenders to use Um, and and I think it's gone right back to those days Um, albeit in those days and I did quite a few of these way back when um, the maximum borrowing was 30,000 I mean how cute is that (laughs) but <laughs> it was useful for startups and things. Now we've got the startup loan, we've got different, we've got different products for that market. And, and obviously recovery loan limits are a lot higher, but it very much reminds me of those days, which is it's got a place, I suppose, and it allows the commercial lenders to continue um developing their products in the market, doesn't it? Talking of which, talk to us about some interesting products that are out there at the moment. What's floating your boat? What are you finding quite exciting? Um yeah, good. Good question.
2: I think one that's always worth mentioning, and I've mentioned this on a couple of webinars out, is um, is revenue lending, and uh, the reason why I like to 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 mention it. Yes, it, it is mainly for well, some of the newer players that have come to market. They only sort of look at look at um, online businesses, but if you do have an online element. To your business you could potentially get funding without a personal guarantee which i know lots of businesses and lots of accountants for their clients really really do push for so i think it is a great alternative um to a loan and then you also with with no personal guarantee like uh-huh. i mentioned so Go on, Alex. And,
0: no, Nick, I was just going to say, and I'd like, just to put you on the spot a little bit, I suppose here, you know, the, we have a lot of these in South Africa, right? And I think you and I have spoken about these a lot in the past. In South Africa, we tend to call them merchant cash advances or bis- business cash advances as opposed to the kind of revenue lend in the UK. But they're almost identical products. I suppose for people listening, um, the, the, you know, don't know anything or much about them you know a firstly quick synopsis you know you've touched a bit on them but what are they but b i suppose the pros and cons you know there are some real advantages to businesses and using these you know from your perspective what are the main wins or the main reasons why business would look at that aside from the
2: personal guarantee piece So, speed very quick and easy to, to to set up and they're also um have a, have a great mechanism for 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 top ups and things. So a lot of it might be used because it's relatively short term. So I think the longest term we've got is like twenty four months. Business will come in. They'll get they'll get some financing. They'll they'll spend it on stock, sell the stock, and then by the time a lot of that's been paid off, they can go in for a top up again. So it's almost works like a revolving line, and um, that you can ke- sort of keep um, dipping in and out of. So I'd say speed and the fact that it is a bit of a revolving line. Um,
1: and the they pay ones. a percentage of their turnover, don't it? That goes through the epos or goes through the online online yeah. um payments. So it's great for seasonal businesses as well, isn't it? Because if they're quiet months, businesses. they won't pay as much.
2: There's, yeah, yeah, one hundred percent right. Um, I think some some of the other lenders now have actually gone the other way. So they they give you the choice. So to your point, where it's like, okay, there's there's a every t- twenty pence out of every pound is paid back to the lender. So the more sales you make. Um, the more you pay back or they'll go, look, we'll give you an alternative option where it's um, just monthly repayments. Yeah. Um, and that's obviously like better for forecasting. And you, you also yeah. know when it is going to finish, because a lot of these mm-hmm. um, uh, sort of like when it goes through the online payments and things, a lot of, the, a lot of that can get paid back a lot early. And then, yeah. therefore, the cost of funds in, in terms of an APR goes goes a lot higher. And that,
0: right? I guess that's the cautionary tale a little bit. I mean, it's still, it still makes me chuckle inside when I hear you talk about short-term at 24 months in the UK, yeah. because I think we're looking at these MCA deals in South Africa, 6 to 9, at a push 12. But I guess the cautionary tale there, Nick, that you've just alluded to as well, is the percentage clip um, can also quite drastically impact cash flow if you're not thinking about it, right? Because you pay off the loan faster as your sales are higher.
2: Yes, exactly no you've, you've 100% nailed it on the head and that, that's when we when mentioned that's where it works really well for seasonal right so if if January is a really slow period for your business then then great like you're, you're paying back less and you know you've got less overheads yeah
1: great product right any others that really are quite exciting or busy at the moment
2: um again like not to sound um not to sound repetitive but some of the buy now pay later stuff because yeah. it's it's considered payments almost and not necessarily lending. Again, a lot of facilities that are available um, don't have the personal guarantees and they're they're very quick to set up as well. So I think a lot of clients have flopped in and really, really gone for those products. And I think another really big benefit there is some of these products. So if we take, like, if you look at Klarna, for example, in the B2C space, it's free for the consumer. Now in the B2B space... You can decide whether to charge your clients whether to use that service or as a as a seller you can you can take the hit and it's free for your for your client so there's, you've got that flexibility element as well.
1: So we used to call this point of sale finance. So this is where you are able to sell a product to another business and allow them to finance it. That's the idea, isn't it? To boost your sales, then they don't have to pay for it in one go or just take it on sixty days credit from you, but they can they can spread it over. Two years three years or whatever it is and so you're saying that those facilities often don't have pgs as well so that's good news
2: yeah correct
1: great that's right. so you and then there's a the choice right really like that one okay and i guess mortgages property is really busy at the moment because of what's happening i can understand and i know you've just done a webinar with uh, or a recording a video sorry with paul uh talking about the commercial mortgage market and property and and also mentioning our new team member that's joined, um, Luke. Um, I'm probably a bit of a spoiler there, because that was a big surprise at the end of that video, wasn't it? But uh, <laughs> we have we have recruited to strengthen the team because it is so busy and he comes with great, um, great experience and really nice guys. Well, I spoke to him this morning. So really little good video to talk to, to everyone to watch there. And that's coming out to all subscribers on email. But um just quick synopsis, commercial property, really important at the moment to look at that, isn't it?
2: yeah i mean with 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 rates going up and getting higher and higher it is obviously it's always it has been the cheapest way to secure low rates but even even in that space where the, we're seeing like high streets come back with rates of like anywhere between like seven and nine percent depending how long you fix it um but we're even expecting that to get even higher so if yeah. there's a, a, any 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 businesses out there, which we're seeing a lot of at the moment, that is still on a variable rate or their fixed term is coming to to an end, that the the demand and the messaging that we're seeing is get it all changed now because if in six months' time, if you do it, it's going to be really expensive. So if we go back 60 days, it was much cheaper compared to now. But if we go forward 60 days, we're expecting the same. So actually what's available now is probably quite a good deal um, in terms of um, moving forward.
1: This is something to be really aware of as an accountant i think at the moment you've we are not here to flog bad debt to <laughs> bad lending products um to our clients i completely understand that but your clients will typically be um slow to respond we've seen that that smes are always slow to move in the market and i heard just um last week from one of my firms they had an offer from us for, for a client uh, a couple of months ago they didn't take it at the time, and now they've they really need it, and they've had to have it re-repriced. And boy, they wish they'd taken it two or three months ago, you know. And as you say, that's going to be the same in the next two or three months. We're there as advisors, as, as the accountants, to, to steer our client in the direct direction to run a better business, and these conversations, you've got to be quite. Um, you've got to you've got to be quite matter of fact with them, you know that it, it, take it now if the offers there take it and um, and I think that's that's no more uh, true no more for, for any product other than property as well. It's such a clearly a market that's going to get worse or more expensive. Right, what I want to dive into, please, Nick. Thank you. That market update was really useful, but what I want to get into is more about why we work with the lenders that we work with. How do we choose the lenders we work with um, and our processes? Um, because I'm, like I said, I'm really proud of the fact that um, Capitalize um, is a platform I chose simply because of their values. There were other players in the market at the time, there are other players in the market now, there's always been brokers around. But there was a reason I went with Capitalize, and it was partly the tech, but it was also because their values were so aligned to what I thought accountants would expect. Um, and it's not always the case. And so I think we just need to shine a bit of a light on this, that not all funding platforms are the same. And the reason we um, work with the lenders we do is, is really down to our experience. So explain how we vet new lenders, if you like. What hoops what do they have to jump through? Um, and how do we keep up to date with them?
2: Sure. So we, we, we onboard lenders, I'd say, yeah every month, you know we, yeah. we 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 like to see what's out available in the market. We talk to new lenders, they come to us and we have all these conversations. But I'd say there's there's a lot of reasons why we do and don't onboard lenders, but I'd say the two main factors, firstly, is what they're offering is different and they're operating in a niche. So, you know, there's lots of lenders out there who be like, oh, okay, we do loans. And it's like, okay, great. Like, you know, we've got loads of lenders on, on, on the platform that that offer that service at some at better rates for businesses that have perhaps been trading with looser criteria, basically. So it's really understanding what they have to offer and if it's different to what we've already got. Um, and the the, the second thing is sort of their their practice and their ethics, essentially how they treat small businesses and how they if they treat them fairly and if they if they you know the, the offer the products that they offer are, are are ethical essentially that is a little bit harder to try and work out um you know if that is the case or not but you know we want to make sure that the lenders that we're arranging finance with with clients and make we want to make sure that they're in the right solutions you know that you know there's lenders that operate in all different areas in the, in the market. And I totally understand that, you know, there's lenders everywhere, but it's really about how we treat the business and how how, how make sure that they're put first, basically.
1: Yeah, so when um, a bit of, I suppose, myth busting, when other um, platforms or brokers or whoever say that they offer whole of market, either they don't really, because it's just so big and so diverse and it's changing month in, month out. So nobody surely can, um, but also, if they do, then be very worried, you know, because I would not want one of my accountancy firms introducing some of the lenders that uh, I know capitalised don't work with, because I know why they don't work with them. And um, you really wouldn't want to be part of that, that story going forward. So, yeah, be, be nervous about the quality, I suppose, of, of who they're working with. So you keep up to date with the lenders on a monthly basis, you said, uh, and um, we we have quite rigorous processes for them as well, don't we, in terms of obviously the tech and the security but um also we we want to know what their products are don't
2: we yeah sure i mean like we will we'll, i'd always like sit down with the team sit down with like other other um, areas of the business as well and and sort of present these offers and, and no, these products sorry and you know just making sure like is that niche do you think that's viable do you think a lot of people will take it and you know sometimes we are, like onboard these guys and it doesn't work or whatever or like you know the, the, the lender's not, not not a good fit but you know we're constantly trying to update and make sure that our panel is the best uh, that it can be
1: brilliant now here's something i get told often and i'd like you to answer um if an accountant says that their client believes that they can get funding cheaper by going direct to their relationship manager at their high street bank is that true
2: Okay so I get asked this question loads by clients by accountants and everything and I think to be to be really clear and this has been the the basically the rule at Capsize since we, since I've come in at day 1 like our objective is to make the the cost of finance exactly the same for the client as if they were to go direct so yep. to tell you to tell you a story I won't say which um particular high street bank it was but um a client had come back to us and, and said the the rm so the relationship manager at, at that high street bank um had tried to persuade us to go directly to him as the cost of finance would be cheaper so obviously i'd speak to you know our um sort of business development man- manager at that particular bank um and the messaging that he, he said was is an absolute load of rubbish because it's exact same for us if it if the introduction came through us or had gone um directly to market so you know yeah. we're not here we're not like not, not, not like other introducers we're not here to like tack on extra fees or anything like that we want to try and make it is is the same basically for the business
1: yeah and it's worth saying that i think that our our team here don't earn commission so there is no extra commission there is no reason for them to prefer one lender over another then that's that's a decision that was taken by the senior leadership team again with the uh, you know absolutely right approach that we want to be completely objective and never, never to be um, accused of choosing one over another simply because of a commission structure that we might be on. And isn't it true that over the pandemic, we were the largest introducer of C-bills to two of the high street banks, which gives us tremendous buying power. And because we have that buying power, your individual client isn't going to be able to have that same leverage in terms of rates and sharpening pencils of the banks and so on. The lenders are going to do their absolute best for us because we're such a strong introducer.
2: Yeah, I mean look, like we we always we always try to get like the the, the best offer available for the client. Sometimes it doesn't work. Sometimes yeah. the lender will be like, no, you know, we we we've we've done our best and, and and that sort of thing. Other times we have been able to go that extra mile um and really try and um get the best offer out to the client because of the relationship we have with these lenders. The other thing, as well, is I'm sure everyone um that listens to this, and you know, I'm sure Alex and Cassie, you have had your experiences as well. We all know how slow the banks can be, and we all know how frustrating sometimes they can be. But because we have such a great relationship with them, we really do sort of like smooth that process down um, and try and make it as quickly and as um, painless mm-hmm. as, for the client mm-hmm. as possible. So that's that's a, another real benefit that we have.
0: Yeah, and and, and one thing I was going to say then, Nick, is, is I've obviously been sat here quietly, just allowing you to say all of these things about what we've built in the UK over the last six years. We've done the same thing in South Africa by taking the same approach the same methodology you know you and i have spent the last you know it's nearly 12 months since we kind of arrived here and and it's you know the start of this year since we started really kind of pushing taking the same methodology here in how we approach the market in south africa how we pick our lenders how we work with them and already i mean you spoke about the banks the banks are virtually non-existent in the sme lending space in south africa but already through the work that we've done here and through the relationships we've built we've been able to reintegrate two of them into the kind of lending space you know they're not necessarily tier one banks they're sitting just below that but their banks that are starting to show an appetite for businesses that they previously didn't really have access to and that's starting to help um you know the the kind of changing the market
1: that's that's really impressive
0: well, well, that's it, and I, I think that's a, that's a big thing. And and I don't know, you know, Nick, you know, if you you know look and think about the relationship that we've built with Experian in the UK, and it's a relationship we're looking to replicate in South Africa. But that also, you know, in terms of what we're able to do in the UK market, gives us you know a huge range of of
2: opportunity and a huge range of insight as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like going back to the this the, the pricing thing, I suppose that um, that Kirsty talking about is like there, there's an argument to say that actually, because of our our, our relationship um, through, through Experian, we can make the clients very credit scoring sort of like focused in terms of yeah. like what their credit score looks like and things like that. And if you take them on that journey first, before you get to the funding journey, there's actually a massive argument to say is by the time they get to funding, because they've gone through that whole process through Capitalize, it's actually way cheaper than if they've gone direct because they move up one or two bandings with those lenders and therefore, get access to to lower rates so yeah yeah there's definitely an argument say that there's a benefit there
1: it's all about getting good housekeeping in in order isn't it and um, and and getting it something that they are just used to doing and with that will come stronger profits a growing business um you know and better working capital with your suppliers as well and so on and um and i suppose some other things to throw in that we've got available to help you help your clients with this is um, we've, As I've already mentioned, the, the video uh, is coming out about the update on the property market in particular, which is really useful to listen to. Um, we've got the Accounting Bites now, which is done monthly between Paul and Amy, which is talking about the wider market. And also there's about to come out a new guide as well for um, for you to share with clients on how to grow their business. Because I think that's just a real fundamental thing that all businesses are going to have to do now, given, given the uh, economic climate out there. So brilliant, Nick. Thank you. Thank you for sharing some of those insights, a bit of behind the scenes. Alex, over to you.
0: Yeah, I was going to say we've um, unpicked a lot about our approach, a lot about our methodology, a lot about the hard work and purposefulness that have gone into getting us where we are today and the support, you know, that we're then able to afford our accounting partners and, and other customers and clients as well. But Nick, I suppose looking towards the future, looking ahead, and um, the final question we ask every single one of our guests, whether you're part of Capitalise or not, you're not going to get away from it, I'm afraid. But when you look ahead, what
2: excites you about the future? Good question. So, I mean, I think at the moment right at the moment it is all a bit but with the way i think that's going on in the economy it is a bit doom and gloom and things and i think if, if that only happens when you sort of read so much into the press and the media and the newspaper but actually something that i'm really excited about um in over over the next sort of like six twelve months is innovation um you know we're going into um, a recession most likely um but in a recession is actually the best time for innovation for business and there's going to be some amazing products out there for clients Um, you know brand new stuff that we've never seen before or or old lenders like tweaking and changing the things that they work so I'm really excited Mm. to see the new offerings and how we're going to be able to help businesses in the future
0: yeah that's yeah very positive very future positive and actually you know one of the things that you and i have done um with a few of the lenders we've worked out here is that because of our experience because of our knowledge because of um our um, proximity and closeness to accountants and, and smes we're also able to help lenders drive that innovation within themselves and think about new offerings new products and, and new ways of engaging and reaching the market as well so it, it, as i say as you said sorry you know, hard times often lead to the best type of innovation. So exciting indeed. Well, um, here's a reminder for those of you that are new to capitalise. Um, Our vision, as Nick has so perfectly explained today, is to help small businesses and their advisors get transparency and control over business finance. We want every small business to be able to identify risks that they might face, explore how they stand from a credit perspective, and choose the right funding that fits their business. And we really do believe it's about getting the right offers in front of the client that's going to help them propel their business forward. So don't forget to rate and review the podcast, and and of course, Subscribe to make sure you get all of my future bloopers as well as our future episodes. <laughs> next Friday, we'll be back with our normal fortnightly breakfast news bites and the highlight of everybody's week my fun story. To find out more about Capitalize, go to www.capitalize.com. Nick, thanks for joining. Kirsty, thank you as well. And we'll see you. All thank next you, Alex. Great me. work, Cheers. Nick. Thank
1: you. OG, capitalize OG. Thanks. thanks. <laughs>